I trust that God put it in your heart to be here on Christmas Eve. And especially those of you, uh, certainly we have those here tonight who are not normal church goers. And I just want to thank you for being here tonight because obviously you're, you're looking for something a little more significant, a little more meaningful than what the culture can provide. Uh, perhaps you're here because you need a lift in your spirits. Uh, you need some good news. You need some great joy. And I believe we can find that uh, in Christ, and we're going to see that in our passage today that we look at. I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to Luke 2.8, if you'd like to follow along in your Bible there in front of you. Luke 2.8, this story immediately follows where Brother Drew left off in his last scripture reading a moment ago. The Messiah had finally been born. He was here, he was in Bethlehem, uh, the long-promised, long-expected, long-desired Messiah of Israel had come, God in the flesh dwelling among men, both truly God, truly man in the flesh. Here he is in a humble manger stall wrapped in swaddling cloths. And as we look at Luke 2, 8, the scene shifts from the manger out to a field where shepherds are found in the exact same time. And so we get their reaction to the news of the Messiah's birth. Luke 2.8 says this, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. In other words, they aren't far off. This isn't three counties over. This isn't somewhere up in Galilee. Uh, They are in the same land. They are nearby. They are close to Bethlehem. The shepherds are out. It's nighttime. They're doing what shepherds do, watching sheep. Verse 9, and then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great, what does your Bible say? Fear. In the middle of the night, as they were watching their sheep, an angel appears. Now, we like to think that uh, because we read the Bible a lot, you know, that these things just happened every day. That, oh, no big deal. You know, angel talked to me on my uh, lunch shift at Subway. No, that did not happen regularly. These shepherds almost certainly had never seen an angel, just like you have never seen an angel, probably. Talk to me later. And certainly they were scared out of their minds that a big, heavenly, bright being had showed up in the night wanting to talk to them. You know, angels are not cute little babies with their bare bottoms showing, with the wings, you know, the little flappy wings. That's not what a Bible angel looks like. Everyone who saw an angel was immediately told, fear not. Now just put yourselves in the shepherd's shoes It's been a relatively quiet evening, it's dark, and then a massive heavenly being appears and lights up the sky, light bright, boom, and a fear unlike you've ever felt hits you in the chest, and now the angel is about to talk to you, and it's clear that they have come to speak with you, and they have a word for you. You think you'd be listening to what they said next? Well, here's what the angel came to tell the shepherds, verse 10, and the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now let's talk about this little message here. First the angel says, fear not. The message of the gospel 
naturally drives fear out of our lives. By the very nature of who God is and what Jesus comes to do, fear is not to be a driving force in our life. Now, notice the answer doesn't say, fear not, for I'm a nice angel, right? That's not what he says. Don't worry. I did not come to hurt you. Nope, didn't say that. He says, fear not for what? For I bring good news. That word good news in Greek is where we get our word evangelism or gospel. The angel's basis for fearing not was in the message that he had to say. What was that message? Well, there's good news and there's great joy. Why? For unto you, shepherds, is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Notice the shepherds, I thought about this, they didn't even get his name. They didn't hear Jesus. They got his titles. They got who Jesus would be. And that's really the most significant thing about Jesus. What's he coming to do? That's the most important part. Why did God send his son into the world? That's the million-dollar Christmas question. Beyond the facts of the nativity scene, why was Jesus born? Verse 11 says he's a savior. That word can mean a rescuer. It can mean a deliverer. That's what he does. And then it says he is Christ the Lord. We just sang that. He is Christ the Lord. And that word Christ, by the way, is the Greek way of saying Messiah if you were speaking Hebrew. It's the same word, Messiah and Christ. Greek says Christos. And then that word Lord it's like a master, a ruler, one who is in command. So this little birth announcement that they give these shepherds for Jesus, Jesus is the Savior who is Christ the Lord, means he has come to rescue people, he is the Old Testament Messiah, and he is the ruler of all things. That's Jesus' birth announcement. Now, you might be sitting here thinking, you know, what, what's the purpose of a Savior? Saved from what? That's a good question, right? If somebody shows up on your doorstep and says, knock, 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 I'm here to save you. A good follow-up is, from what, right? That's a good question. Delivered from what? Rescued from what? You see, this is where we get right here. This is the true meaning of Christmas. You know, we, we love the trees, love the trees, love the bells, love the lights, love the cookies, love the cookies. Eggnog fans, anybody? It's usually a mixed bag. All right, not that big. Okay, nix the eggnog. All right, next. Love the reindeer. Love the Rudolph and the Grinch and love the, the elves and, and the fake snow. Love it, right? All the fake snow in San Antonio. Just love it. But the true force of Christmas is that a Savior is born. And furthermore, a Savior was born that you and I needed. Now, this won't make the Hallmark movie or the Christmas card, but it's the truth. We needed a Savior to enter the world because we are sinners incapable of saving ourselves. There is a holy, righteous God who created the universe and everything in it, and we fall short of his perfect standard now, if we went home right there, we'd be sad, but the title is Joy and Great News, right? So here it is. God, in his love for us, is not willing that we die like that. 
He's not willing that we perish like that in our sin. So he sent a savior. He sent a son. He sent a rescuer to redeem us. The savior is born, who is Christ the Lord. And these shepherds were the first people outside of Mary and Joseph to hear this news. That's pretty cool to think about it. I'd feel pretty good about myself if I got that news really early like that. And then it becomes clear, this is not just info they're giving. It becomes pretty clear in the next verse, they're inviting them. This is an invitation to come see. Verse 12 says this, And this will be a sign for you, shepherds. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Clearly the response of the shepherds were to go see the child. If I told you there's a billion dollars 300 yards that way, you know what you're going to do next is try to find it, right? So they knew the Savior was nearby, walking distance, and they wanted to go find him. Now, there couldn't be many babies in Bethlehem lying in a manger in swaddling cloths, right? So I would have liked some GPS directions. They didn't get it, but that's fine. They got baby Bethlehem manger swaddling cloths. You know, they didn't get the star. That's fine. All right. The shepherds didn't get the star. But apparently it's all they needed because next scene over, they're there. They found their way. And as soon as they prepare to go see the child, so they haven't even left yet. They're ready. They're going to go see the baby. And then one angel becomes a lot of angels. Verse 13 says this, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Don't you wish you could have seen this? I mean, the sky spontaneously filled with angels, and they were singing and praising God. And by the way, this is where that song, Gloria in Excelsis Deo, comes from. In case you're like, what does that mean? That's it, the Latin version of that. Glory to God in the highest. What are they saying? What does it mean? It means that God the Father, the angels are telling us, God the Father is supremely glorified in the birth of his son. There was great rejoicing in the skies when Jesus was born. Why? Because the plan was unfolding exactly how God had designed it to unfold. Prophecy after prophecy was fulfilled in his birth, and Galatians 4.4 nails it when it says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. The fullness of time had come, and they were in it. They were in the fullness of time. And God was greatly glorified as the angels sang. And then they said, peace on earth. Jesus would bring peace to many weary hearts. He still does today. Jesus helps us make peace with God. If you've ever experienced salvation, you know that you've been made right with God. He reconciles us to our Father through the cross. Jesus helps us make peace not only with the Father, but through our fellow man. He enables us to be reconciled to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. He brings peace to our anxious and fearful hearts as we constantly wonder what this future is going to hold. 
He tells us that one day he is returning to make all things new, and Jesus brings an unimaginable peace to every single weary heart, and even those angels knew that. What happens when the shepherds decide to go make a visit? Read with me. I'm going to finish out this passage in Luke 2, 15 through 20. This is when they go. It says, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. Here's where I want you to focus. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So the shepherds got to see the whole scene. They saw baby Jesus. They saw Mary. They saw Joseph. It was exactly as the angels said it would be. They hurried. They found him. And what did they do on the way back to their fields? They glorified and praised God. Man, I bet you they were hooting and hollering. That's how country people say it, by the way. Retelling the story. You know, tell what did you see? What was the angle did you get? Tell me what you saw. How did you see it? Going through all the Old Testament they knew in their mind. Man, what do you, man, I'm, now I'm thinking about the Old Testament, all these passages that I just saw played out in front of me, connecting the dots. I mean, that's what you do when you get excited about something. You get it with your buddies and you're just talking and it, you're talking it up and going over it. Let's think back. What did the angel say when he first showed up? He said, fear not, for I bring you great news of great joy. That's exactly what they got. At the end of this story. You know, Christmas time for some people is a wonderful time of memories made with family and friends and traditions and gifts, and it's just a beautiful thing. I hope that's what your Christmas is. For some people, it's a time that old wounds are reopened to think about pain and trauma and loved ones lost and families divided by divorce and other things. For some, it's a reminder of financial struggle because you couldn't buy all the gifts for others that you would like to have bought. For some, it's just the end of a really tough year and you're just scraping by. But here's what I know everyone can identify with at Christmas time. We can always, no matter who you are, you can always use good news and great joy, can't you? Doesn't matter who you are, you always need a little good news and great joy. Here are some things that might bring you some joy this Christmas. First, if you receive Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and you put your faith completely and fully in him and not yourself, you can know, you can know that every sin you've ever committed has been forgiven before a holy God. And you can know, based upon a relationship that you have with God, that you know God through love and not through fear. That's something you can have today. This baby Jesus grew up, he died on a cross, he was resurrected on the third day so that you could be forgiven. That by your faith, you could be forgiven in him. You could have the joy of knowing that you have a right relationship with God. You can know that. Secondly, you can receive the love of God into your heart. You may have a wonderful support system in your life of people who love you. You may not be able to name one person that loves you, 
But I can tell you today that Jesus loves you. Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus already proved his love. He laid it down. He proved it. He took the first step. He put himself out there. He went on a mission from the perfection of heaven. He left the glories of heaven and went into a dirty manger stall. He went into a world that would reject him so that you could be saved and that you could receive his perfect love. You can have joy when you know that you're loved. Third, you can have the joy of belonging. When you receive Jesus as Savior and Lord, you're adopted into a family. You gain a support system. You have a common salvation with your brothers and sisters in Christ that's received grace just like you received grace. That's the great thing about us. We all know we need grace. That's a good common bond between friends. When we all know we're not perfect, we're just trying to seek the Lord together through his grace. There's joy in real community like that. And you can have joy in knowing that if God was faithful in sending his son the first time, we can be absolutely certain that he will be faithful to send him the second time. You see, if Jesus really did take on flesh and enter the world the first time based upon the truth of his promise, we now have every reason to believe that every word he ever says is true, that he is right and he will do what he says. And there's joy in that because we can know no matter how dark things get in this world, how far we feel from God, or how much it seems like our life is going off the rails, Jesus is not going to leave us or forsake us. He is coming back, and he will make all things new. So you can take heart this Christmas. There is good news. There is great joy. We have a Savior. You can know God. We have a reason to sing and to glorify God and to celebrate, and now, as we go, we get the opportunity to share that joy, for it is better to give than to receive, isn't it? And that's really what Christmas is all about. I want to invite the band to come up as I pray this final prayer, and then we're going to sing a song that gives us an opportunity to do just that. Would you pray with me?